She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode and we have Michelle Salone and she is an OBGYN. So she's also not only an OBGYN physician, but she's also a certified weight loss and life coach. And so what's so exciting today is we are going to talk about how your hormones can really affect weight loss. And so I'm so excited. She lives in California. She's got, she's married. She has three sons. And this is going to be an exciting uh, episode. So welcome, Michelle. Oh, thanks for having me. So one thing that I want to talk about before we even get started is um, Michelle is an OBGYN. She's a regular physician. And so she's a little bit more of a bent on the um, side of medicine. And so I as you guys know, I'm like all about organic and how do we do everything the more natural way. And so we might not agree on some things, but we agree on a lot of things. And that's good. And that's why I love to have different people on the show. Like some people think this, some people think that. And you have to figure out where's that right fit for you when it comes to hormones. So I'm so excited to talk with you. So talk about, um, let's just go right in to pre-menopause, uh, perimenopause and menopause and talking about what are some things that you have found? Because we have m- so many women who say, you know, I'm in pre-menopause or I'm in menopause. I've been trying to lose weight and I'm not able to do it. So what would be your kind of first reaction when they say that? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing is sort of to define those terms, right? So again, I'm an OBGYN, I practice pretty traditional medicine. So if you come to me, um, I define menopause as one year without having a period. So your hormone levels, we I don't even use that. It's more clinically. Like once you've gone one year without having a period, I would say you're in menopause. Um, an average age of menopause in the United States is 51, but periods may start to space out. Hormone levels may start to change. The sort of premenopausal period um, is very common in the in the 40s, um, and it's going to be different for every woman. Um, but during that time, a lot of women in their 40s will start to notice that they're having a harder time losing weight or that they're gaining weight. And they, they're like, I've been eating the same things I've eight for the last 15 years, what's happening. Um, and so, yeah, the hormones play such a critical role in, um, metabolism and muscle mass. Um, and so, yeah, I think intermittent fasting is a great option, um, to help women lose their, lose weight, um, even more than, than exercise, to be honest, um, with the exception of strength training. So let's talk about bioidentical hormones and the difference between bioidentical hormones and synthetic hormones um, and what your opinion on that is. Yeah, I'm I'm most comfortable prescribing like the FDA synthetic hormones and that I know exactly what's in it, right? So like if I'm going to be prescribing it, I want to know how much estrogen I'm going to give you, how much progesterone 
Um, I'm going to give you um, some hormones, right? Will be compounded. There's different pellets. I personally don't feel comfortable not knowing the exact release or the exact amount that the person um, will be getting in those cases. Um, but if someone comes in in their 40s or 50s and is having any symptoms, I'm more than happy to prescribe them um, patches or pills that are FDA approved in my case. So, so let's talk about progesterone and kind of the different um, hormones and what's happening to those hormones as as you go into you know premenopause or into menopause. Yeah, so the um, estrogen and progesterone will both start dropping. Um, as a little bit of a side, some of like my my worst cases I've seen from complications of hormone are women that have that still have a uterus that are not getting progesterone. So that's like my one like most important message is that if you have a uterus, meaning you've never had a hysterectomy and you're taking hormones, if you're taking estrogen, which is the one that's going to relieve most of the symptoms, um, it's really important to be taking a progesterone to protect um, the uterus from endometrial cancer. So that's kind of my one little soapbox here is that the estrogen alone can be really dangerous and can cause, I've seen estrogen alone cause uterine cancer. So Progesterone, think progesterone protects the uterus if you have one. If you've had a hysterectomy, it's a different, um, a different story. Um, but so, anyways, so in um, menopause, the, there's a hormone called FSH that some maybe check to sort of indicate if where you are in menopause. Although again, I don't use that clinically to define menopause. But as the FSH level goes up, which is a follicle stimulating hormone, um, you will see that the estrogen levels and progesterone levels um if if tested and again are not necessary to test in my opinion but those levels will be dropping even before the period has been absent for a year so it is just so hard to overstate how important magnesium is for all aspects of our health everyone is talking about how critical magnesium is and there is a long list of symptoms and diseases that can be eased or even treated with magnesium so way back when doctors used magnesium for all kinds of conditions like arrhythmia constipation preeclampsia even seizures and now it's kind of used as a last resort. It's absolutely essential to our health and our well-being. This is a huge problem because magnesium deficiency can increase your risk for all these different diseases. So I am really a big advocate of getting as many nutrients as we can through a well-balanced diet. Like that is super important. But I really feel like right now that food alone isn't going to work because our soil is so overworked and so mineral depleted that it's just lacking so much magnesium. Fortunately, Buy Optimizers has the solution. Their magnesium is the only one that has seven types of magnesium, and it's specially formulated to reach every tissue in your body. So go to magbreakthrough.com slash waste away. That's magbreakthrough.com slash waste away and get 10% off and use the code waste away to get your magnesium. And I liked what you said 
because people don't realize that perimenopause is that transition period before menopause. And like you said, that perimenopause can last for years and you aren't considered menopause until you go a full 12 months without a period. And so I'm 48. I don't like telling people that I'm like surprised. (laughs) I'm even like telling you right now on the show, because I just, my husband's actually seven years younger than I am. And so I absolutely never want anyone to know how old I am. And because they they always are like, the people who know, they're always like, oh, you're a cougar, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, I I feel like part of me, you know, it was funny because I was talking to my friend on the phone and she was like, I said, you know, I haven't had a period in like two or three months now. And she was like, oh my gosh, you're so lucky. And part of me was a little bit sad about it because I was like, well, this is just kind of making me older, but I am on now bioidentical hormones and it has been the best thing that I've done. I really was feeling horrible. So I'm actually taking testosterone, progesterone, and estrogen, all three of them. And I actually had to increase both my progesterone and estrogen um, until I, I felt better. And I guess my biggest thing with it is trying to find out how much you need and then keep getting tested to see where they are. So talk a little bit about kind of the levels of where, you know, let's say someone comes to you and says, okay, well, you know, I think I might need to get on progesterone or estrogen. What, what are the numbers that you're kind of looking for on the lab and how often are you testing to see, okay, do I need to add more or less or kind of finding that perfect balance? Yeah. So I think this is like a, like an interesting conversation, right. And the difference between how like maybe like naturopaths versus like traditional medicine would, um, prescribe these medications. So for me, it's literally just based on symptoms. So I'll start with an average dose. Well, actually let's rewind a little bit. How I'm going to prescribe this will in ways depend on if someone is technically menopausal or still having periods. So if you're still making some of your own hormones, they're still First of all, there still is a chance that you someone could get pregnant if they don't have either like an IUD or haven't had a tubal ligation or their partner hasn't had a vasectomy, right? So if someone is, comes in and is, let's say they're even in their early, mid forties, right? Like there, there still is potentially a chance of pregnancy, but they might be starting to feel these menopausal symptoms, which feels counterintuitive to be like, wait, I'm approaching menopause. I might get pregnant. But yeah, so let's just go say some women that really want to prevent pregnancy and are still ovulating occasionally, maybe actually, I may actually prescribe oral contraceptives or birth control pills for symptom relief and pregnancy prevention. The crazy part is that uh, birth control pills are a much higher dose of hormones than someone would get if they were um, getting hormone replacement therapy. So if they wanted to prevent pregnancy, I would start with the the highest dose or just regular birth control. And that would help those symptoms. Um, Otherwise, I let's say they've had a tubal ligation or they're just not sexually active or they're they're not trying to prevent pregnancy in any way. Um, I would just start with sort of an average dose combined patch as a a default, for example, Um, or do something like estrogen with the progesterone IUD to protect the uterus. 
or do the progesterone in a um, cyclic fashion, like 12 days out of the month to help keep inducing a period to not lead to irregular bleeding. I don't routinely test labs. Um, I'll follow up with the patient in about one to two months, see how they're feeling on that dose. And if they're still having symptoms, increase the dose based on symptoms. So I'm not following numbers. Yeah. So one of the things that was really surprising to me was that a friend of mine told me that she was going through perimenopause for about eight to 10 years before Uh menopause happened, which for me, I haven't had my period for two or three months now. And so, but before that I was very, very regular. So, and obviously I know it's 12 months before you're quote in menopause, but what, what are you seeing? Like the, the span of where someone's in perimenopause, how many, how long is that? And what are some of those symptoms that you see people experience in perimenopause? Yeah. I mean, um, eight to 10 years, like would not be abnormal. I think it's really common. I see a lot of women in their forties start talking about this mid forties, especially, um, where the bleeding patterns become irregular, they start spacing out. Of course, if that happens, oh, talk to your doctor. Don't just say like, if you're, you know, like, oh, it, it must be menopause, especially if your bleeding is getting heavier and more frequent. Um, but yeah, uh, weight gain, just feeling like slowing metabolism, um, decreased energy, some, some mood changes. Um, I kind of, I think that's one of the main presenting ones, honestly. And the way I sort of describe it is like um, how some women may have PMS or premenstrual menstrual syndrome, right? That is a hormonal response to some mood changes in the week when the hormones drop right before someone's period, right? So if you're in and in the pre perimenopausal phase and your hormones are starting to drop, you may feel um, more anxiety or more agitation. It's similar to, for example, like postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety, which is um, a response to an, a, a really acute drop in hormones following delivery. And so a lot of mood changes as the hormones start to drop is very common. And then again, yeah, fatigue, weight gain, and then changes in the menstrual cycle. And what about like hot flashes and vaginal dryness? Yes, those particular, I, I don't see those as much for like eight to 10 years, but in the, let's say the couple years preceding menopause, definitely the hot flashes, night sweats, and um, vaginal dryness, typically more like later after a, a longer amount of time without estrogen. Do you guys struggle with brain fog or having difficulty focusing? I know I do. Do you struggle with recalling names or dates or where you left things? Well, I've got good news for you. Newtopia, powered by Bioptimizers, has created a brand new one-of-a-kind product called Kala Genius. It has collagen, cocoa, cacao, different kinds of mushrooms. It's awesome. Kala Genius is delicious. It's sweetened with stevia. It tastes like a rich chocolate elixir. So when you want something sweet, just mix it up with a little bit of water or milk or almond milk, whatever you like and enjoy. You can also mix it with your morning coffee. Now, 
You know I always take care of you guys. And so my listeners, if you go to newtopia.com slash wasteawaygenius or use wasteaway10 during your checkout, you're going to save 10%. That's newtopia.com slash wasteawaygenius and use wasteaway10 during your checkout. Do it now and your brain will thank you. I want you to talk a little bit more about the what FSH level means in perimenopause and how that test can help you decide what needs to happen. Yeah, so it's it can be used, let's say like this, let me just tell you when I would order it, for example. So um, if someone comes in and like in your case, for example, they're like, oh, I haven't had a period for two months and or three months and no, my period is starting to be every two to three months. Um, I would typically test someone's thyroid, their so their TSH, their FSH, and their prolactin at any age when periods are spacing out to just sort of understand. Um, and so if the FSH is elevated in the setting of period spacing out, that would to me indicate that the um, ovarian function is declining. And that would be an explanation for why the periods were changing. Um, and again, I don't use that number though to dictate treatment as much as just clinical symptoms. Um, but when the, the FSH is a follicle stimulating hormone that when that level is low, it's in response. I mean, that level is high. It's because the estrogen and progesterone are low in your body, in your brain, the, um, FSH is made in your pituitary. Your brain is like, um, follicles, like time to stimulate, activate, like make estrogen, make progesterone. Like there's not enough in our body, but your ovaries are on their way out to be, <laughs> they're just not making estrogen and progesterone anymore. So that number will increase just like the TSH will increase when your thyroid is not making enough thyroid hormone. Your, your brain is basically saying like, come on thyroid, like let's get to work. So the FSH is telling your ovaries to work, but it's not responding. So the FSH just keeps climbing, climbing, climbing. So I think one of the hard things about checking your hormones is, you know, you guys mostly say, let's check your hormones around the 21 day cycle. If you're still having a oh, cycle, yeah. right. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that for just a second. Cause that makes it difficult. Cause then you're like, when you go to the doctor and then it's like, okay, make sure you take the, the test on the 21 day and explain what, what's going on there. Yeah, no, thank you for, for bringing that up. So the, yeah, like progesterone, we would test on day 21 FSH level. Typically we'd often test on day three, um, just because those, all of these levels, right. Especially if you are still having a period at times are going up and down sort of like a wave. And so we need to know what that level is in a normal cycle. So, um, like the FSH will spike mid-cycle, the progesterone level will be higher in the second half of the cycle if you ovulated. And so, yeah, the timing really does matter a lot um, if you're still having a menstrual cycle because it, these hormones, their nature is to, to change throughout the month, every day, every week. So can you talk about kind of what you're looking for on the lab results on somebody's progesterone and their testosterone. Um, <clears throat> like let's say on day 21, if someone was having a cycle, what their estrogen, progesterone and testosterone should kind of what range that should be. 
Yeah. So on day 21, um, if I was doing a day 21 progesterone, it would mostly be to see if someone is still ovulating, if they ovulated or not. So that's when I test that one. It's more often, to be honest, in um, women that are trying to get pregnant to see if they're still ovulating. The FSH, if you're solving a cycle, is on day three um, to see if it's approaching like perimenopausal levels, I want to call it. Um, I think this is like, again, like something different. I think it's this is what you could expect. For example, if you go to your um, like primary care doctor or you go to like general practitioner or an OBGYN, this is how, how sort of we're going to be testing these hormones. And I think some people might find it frustrating that you're like, oh, I want to test my hormones, but this is why we, I don't just randomly test these, those numbers. I, again, I care more. I feel like this is not necessarily answering the questions. It's like, so actually not scientific, but it's more like, are you having hot flashes? Is it disturbing your quality of life? Like, do you want to go on hormones? And then I'm happy to give it, but I feel like every a certain number for every woman's body is going to feel different. So I don't even have certain goals that I'm trying to reach. So I don't test the hormonal response to it. So let's just talk about the weight loss piece of it. Mm -hmm. What kind of results have you seen when you put somebody on these, you know, replacement hormones? Yeah. I mean, definitely um, if that, like, right, if there's any thyroid abnormalities, like um, replacing the thyroid hormone can definitely help. And then I don't prescribe the, um, hormones to like my, my coaching clients, my weight loss clients, for example, like that's like very different. Like I'm not providing medical care for the patients I coach in, um, weight loss, but anecdotally from my, uh, my patients in my clinical practice, um, yeah, they will like stop gaining weight or potentially if they're doing other things to start losing weight, um, that will be definitely supplemented by going on hormone replacement therapy with other things. I don't want it to be like, oh, now you're on, let me just give you some hormones. Now you're just going to start losing weight. Like I think it needs to be in combination with other um, lifestyle strategies. So what are the things that you have, you would advise someone? So if they came to you for weight loss with coaching, what are you advising for them to do? Like the, here's like the top three things you're kind of starting with. Yeah. Um, to stop adding milk to coffee or tea, which seems basically stops sipping sugar throughout the day, either drink only water, black coffee or black tea. Um, to, to try to have an intermittent fasting, a fasting goal of about 14 to 16 hours. Um, and to most of the time, try to avoid foods that are high in sugar and flour, like very processed snacks in particular. What would you say as far as um, intermittent fasting? So talk about that, of how you teach that to your clients. Yeah. Um, so I think like insulin is a huge hormone, even in gynecology, right? Like like PCOS or polycystic ovaries is um, related to insulin resistance. So all of these hormones are so interconnected even more than we um, can understand. And so basically I teach your... I teach that intermittent fasting is important so that your body 
will um, remember how to use its fat, will remember how to use the energy already on your body for fuel. So I think of like drinking coffee with milk throughout the day as basically having like a continuous like glucose infusion into your body and your body wants to be efficient. Um, it wants to get fuel, it wants to get energy the easiest way possible. So if you're always giving it, um, you know, like some cereal for breakfast and then coffee with milk and then a sandwich and then a snack and then, you know, like some popcorn before dinner, your body never has to burn fat. It's just like, oh, thanks for the sugar. This is so easy. It's already processed. It's already broken down. And so to train your body to use the fat on your body, um, you need to give it breaks where it has to practice doing that. So if you don't eat for 14 to 16 hours, that's a great time for your body to practice um, decreasing the insulin so that you're it, the, the resistance to insulin decreases and your body can start using fat for fuel, which means losing weight, burning fat, somewhere like throughout the day to try to avoid snacking so that you have times where your insulin levels will, will come down and your body will use continue to use fat for energy. Love it. So I think and it's what you teach as well. Yes, right? yeah, absolutely. And for me, even I feel like, you know, over the holidays, I feel like I've been increasing my eating window and it's time for me to just get back into decreasing it. And it makes all the difference. So tell listeners where they can find you and where they can follow you. Um, so I am on my website is www.drmichellecoaching, D-R-M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E coaching.com. And I do mostly um, coaching for new moms or moms that are trying to lose the the baby weight. Um, so, yeah. Love it. Well, you guys stay tuned. We've got another episode coming up in just a few. Bye-bye for now. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.